Thanks for tuning in to the Oklahoma Young Agents Show, where it is our aim to engage, educate, and expand the horizons for young independent agents in Oklahoma by presenting quick interviews of leaders in our space. Welcome to the Young Agents Show. I am Wes Becknell, and today I have the pleasure of hosting with Ryan Smith. Ryan is a co-owner and vice president at Smith & Sons Insurance Agency in Lawton, Oklahoma. He has served on the Young Agents Committee since 2020 and was a Young Agents Chairman for the 22-23 term. Ryan is a graduate of the University of Central Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Chair for the U.S. Handball Association, and spends his non-working hours with his wife and their two boys. Heath Sharon is a second-generation insurance professional, creator of the Insurance Town podcast, sales coach, and senior content marketing manager at Vertifor. He has spent over 20 years in the insurance industry with experience on both carrier and the agency side. Heath is a very high energy, extremely engaging speaker with a natural ability to connect with any crowd. He's a strong believer in worth ethic and value add. We're going to jump into the questions. Heath, outside of the bio, who is Heath Sharon? What do we not know about you that we should? Oh, man. Um, I, if you've ever listened to my show at all, I'm pretty open book and uh, pretty transparent on my show as well as in, in everyday life. But one of the things, you know, I, I'm a family guy first. Uh, I love my kids. I have three kids, a wonderful wife in this industry. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a second generation. I'm married a second generation. So insurance is all we talk. We're kind of boring at Christmas and Easter and, you know, Thanksgiving dinners. But at the same time, you know, I, I do love spending time with my, my kids and my family. But outside of that, I love to cook and bake and to smoke, not weed, but meat. Uh, I love to, to smoke, like whether it's, you know, a brisket or if it's ribs or if it's, you know, chicken, turkey, whatever it might be. I, I love to, to get involved in that. And I'm one of these, you know, I can't say no, which is a, a downfall of mine, but I can't say no. So I'm involved in a whole lot of different things in my community, in my church, in the industry. So uh, that's a little bit about me. Uh, and I'm a big old goofball at heart. And so I love having a good time. I will second that last part. But that's okay. That's one, one of the reasons we like you so much is you, you well, like you said, you're an open book, but you also like to have a good time and you don't take yourself too serious. So that's always makes it makes it a lot of fun to be around you. Seems like a yeah, good dude, t-shirt idea. A good t-shirt idea is like smoke meat, not weed. Smoke meat. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know how well it would go in like states where it's recreationally legal, but maybe in like Texas and Oklahoma and Arkansas, it'd go really well. Right? Yeah. I used to say that when I would get on stages, I'd be like, yeah, I love to smoke. And then I'd be like, oh, crap. You know, people don't understand if they're not from the South. People know in the South, you know, you, you're smoking meat or you're smoking this, that. But people look at me funny like, okay, I'm not high right now. I'm, I'm more talking about <laughs> I like to smoke meat. Uh, I'm high know. on life, not drugs. That's right. That's 100% correct. That's right. Well, if you weren't doing insurance, what would you do and why? Oh, man. Uh, that's a tough one. You know, as a kid, I wouldn't, you know, I would be a firefighter, daddy. It was one of those things. But now growing up, you know, and I always said I want to be like a sportscaster, be involved in that kind of thing. And so I might say that, but I think at the end of the day, the older I get, the more I think about, I would love to be like a restaurant owner or a, back to the smoking thing, or like a food truck owner. I love, I just love it. I think it's so much fun and I enjoy it a lot. So I think I might be doing that actually. Good stuff. Well, you, you and I are very similar to that. We both like food. Yeah, dude, you could tell if you ever meet me in person. I'm a big old dude. Uh, I enjoy eating. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. 
Heath, with your role at Vertifor, what's the biggest hurdle you've had with agencies and, and owners? Oh, man. You know, I don't know that I've had any, you know, hurdles as far as with agencies and owners with Vertifor, because uh, most of my dealings at Vertifor is more on, you know, content creation. I, now, I do talk to, you know, agency owners, what out on the podcast or on webinars that I deal with, but I don't know that I have any hurdles when it comes to that. Now, in general, what I would say as far as, you know, know, Vertifor goes is trying to connect the dots. What we want to do at Vertifor is, you know, Big Orange, we're really good at, you know, what we do as far as technology goes with whether it's agency Zoom or if it's, you know, QQ or AMS 360, Sajida, the the products that we have and most agencies across the country have heard of or have used PL rating. So we have some great technology, but helping communicate, connect the dots with agency owners of how that our solutions can help them uh, in everyday agency world. And so I'm trying to help in that solution because so many of the people at Vertifor are really good at what they do, but they've never sat in the agency owner seat or they've never sat as a CSR and agent in that seat. So being able to connect those dots, not only from the agent to Vertifor, but from the Vertifor to the agent to try to figure out what that looks like. And I don't know if that three second or 30 second rambling made any sense to you guys, but for me, It did in my head, but I'm just trying to help the insurance aspect of that to connect. I feel like a liaison between the agent and Vertifor and vice versa to help connect those dots. Does that make any sense? God bless. I feel like I just lost everybody. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Well, (laughs) (laughs) listen, we're all like, like, ooh, squirrel. So don't worry about it. We're all good. So we're all, I mean, I'm the same way. I I get on a tangent. Next thing you know is that we're talking about something totally off off base. The main thing is I just want to make sure that the, that, Vertifor, I want to try to, my job over here is try to, you know, make sure that Vertifor is not sitting up here in like the C-suite level or up here in the, you know, some ivory towers are not connected to the ground of what's going on in insurance. And so whether it's myself or Sidro or some of the other people at Vertifor that have been in the insurance industry that we've brought on lately, we want to keep our finger on the pulse and be involved in the community and help Vertifor to stay involved in our industry and be on that ground floor and connect those dots. Makes sense. You you do a lot of speaking engagements. So one of your topics yeah. for speaking engagements is around networking. How can people get better and where do you see the most resistance when talking to people around networking? Man, that's a good question because I think, you know, first and foremost, I think a lot of people have a hard time just getting out of their comfort zone. You know, as far as going to and being involved in networking, I see the most resistance in just getting out of that seat, getting out from behind the desk and going. You know, I talk to a lot of producers as a sales coach and, you know, different speaking engagements. And I'm like, you know, when I start talking about getting out and cold calling or getting out and doing marketing drops or getting out from behind their desk, you can see them like they start squirming in their seat. They start freaking out a little bit. They start sweating and you can just see People, not everybody are like me and you and all of us on this call right now, from what I know, we don't mind talking to people. We like people, but there's a lot of people out there that don't. You know, a lot of producers that are afraid to get out from behind the desk and go see people and talk. It's like, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? What if they say no? What if they say this? What if they say that? And they freak out about it. So I think the first thing, the resistance I see is just getting out and freaking doing it. But number two, you know, I would say is being intentional. When you go to these networking events, whether it's in your community at a chamber of commerce event or a BNI networking or whatever it might be, or if it's an industry event, I think you should go in with an intent to say, okay, you know, my role here is not just go and drink beer and high five and kiss babies, that kind of thing. My role here is to whatever that might be. Now, if you're an agent, you know, if you're working agency, then my role is to to find 
you know, someone that I could prospect to, or it could be my role is to further, you know, the image of my agency or whatever it might be. You know, uh, I used to call Heath awareness when I would go out at networking events. My role was to get more people to know who Heath Sharon is, you know, hence the mayor. I wanted people to know who I was, who my agency was, and what we did on a day-to-day basis. And so now if you're a carrier rep and you're going to these things, your job is to find as many you know, producers or agents or whatever it might be to listen to you about what you guys do at your company. Again, going into whatever that is, find your intent, go in to these networking events with that intent in mind and not just go, because I see too many agents just want to go and party or they want to go. You've been to the conferences scene. You've been around. There's those agents that only show up at the nighttime events. You know, they don't come to the teachings. They don't come to the conferences. They don't come to the trade show. They always show up to party and have a good time. If you're going to go, go with intent and go with the opportunity to spread the word, you know, of whatever it is that you're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think a lot of us get guilty of getting in the same circle we're always with because we see a familiar face and we gravitate towards that familiar face because it's just, it's comfortable. And if you're going to be good at what you do, you have to go find that person that doesn't know someone there and go talk to them and engage them. So first you're, you're creating a new connection personally and then professionally. And then hopefully you're getting somebody in the industry who sees that, Oh, this is a very inclusive group. They want to include me. And now they're going to be, the new person in the group. Yeah. I think that's, you know, huge, especially when you're talking about big Eye, Oklahoma or whether it's, you know, association or whatever state or whatever the association you're part of is making sure you don't feel like you're not an inclusive agency. You're not an inclusive association. Like you want to make sure that everyone feels included and everyone feels like they're a part of the group. And so one of the things I always try to do with these events, if I see someone by themselves, then I'm going to go talk to him. I'm going to come bring him in. Hey, have you met so-and-so? Yeah. I don't know if you ever watched How I Met Your Mother, but have you met Ted? You know, it's uh, one of those things that I always want to try to make people. Easy, Barney. Yeah, right? <laughs> but, I mean, it's a thing, you know? And so my wife and I do a lot of networking events together. We come, we walk in together, and then we split, and we meet up at the back of the room, so to speak. And we talk about who'd you meet, who'd you meet, and we exchange notes. You know, and people, you know, I think whether it's your spouse or if you're going with a team of people from your agency or your association or your, you know, your company, divide and conquer and go meet people, go find, you know, other people that you don't know and talk to them. And again, have that intent in mind. Perfect. When it comes to a, uh, not an association uh, like the big eye, if it's more of a networking or, you know, getting out and meeting ideal prospects, uh, ideal future clients, do you have some sort of follow-up procedures that you follow? Like, you know, after you leave yeah. that meeting or maybe the next day you're writing down all the names or all of the facts about each person that you met, is there, is there a good way that you know of for someone to kind of retain the information that they, they gathered at that networking event? No, I think hundred percent correct. Uh, and, and I, and I love that you talk about follow-up because I think that that's another thing that people have a hard time with. They may go and they meet somebody and I may have gone and, you know, I met Jane Doe or John Doe at this event, but never followed up with them. And then you wonder why you don't have business with it, or you wonder why that event wasn't, you know, you didn't get the ROI of that event. So yeah, I would say collectors, I mean, old school is collect your business cards, but if it's not that, then go, you know, Find those people on LinkedIn. You know, you know, some people have the idea, like they take a picture of their name tag. If you're at a, an event with a name tag, you might just take a picture of their name tag, whatever it might be. Sometimes that may be creepy. Some others, I don't know what that, what your method is. But for me, you know, if I'm talking to somebody, a lot of times I'll pull out my phone right there and say, hey, let's, let's connect on LinkedIn or 
you know, what, what's your name and number? I'd love to, you know, follow up with you. Or do you have a card on you? Most people have a card still, even though it might seem old school, but find a way to get contact info and then follow up. And if not, if it's just a quick encounter, then I'll try to turn around real quick, put it in my notes in my phone of like West Beck, you know, and I might put like comma, whatever company they work for. And then when I get back to my office the next day or that evening or whatever it might be, I might shoot them a quick message. Hey, it was a pleasure to meet you at the blah, blah, blah event. You know, I hope to connect with you soon or whatever it might be. But yeah, I definitely think a follow-up has got to be in command. And, and again, especially if you go in with intent, you know, and again, going in with intent could be, depending on how much research you want to go to, I'm real big on, I want to try to get an attendee list before I go. And if I've got an attendee list before I go, then I'm going to look for certain people. And if I've got the attendee list and I've got all their contact info. And that's another thing. When you leave, if you don't get ahead of time, then maybe after you leave the event, you might say, hey, do you mind if I get a contact info list or if I get a attendee list so that I have that so that I can be able to follow up and be able to say, hey, it was a pleasure to meet you. You know, and you already got that information right then and there. So, yeah, I think the follow up is crucial. And I think even if it, it takes a while, you know, if they don't respond back immediately, you still gonna have to, you know, have some sort of follow up routine of it may take three or four times, but make sure that you get in front of them again or invite them to the next event if it's a monthly type of thing. Yeah, love it. Appreciate that. Let's switch gears a little bit. Having been on the agency side and the company side, what are the biggest similarities and differences that you see? Yeah. Okay. So I think both uh, are a grind and a hustle, depending on who you are. I do think that uh, typically, and I got to figure out how to answer this PC and I want to get in trouble, but yeah, on the company <laughs> side, I see, and I don't want to offend US either, but I think a lot of people on the company side, not you, but a lot of people on the company side, they can tend to get complacent or lazy or whatnot, just because, you know, they're getting a, a salary or whatnot, you know, people on the agency side, Typically, you know, producers and whatnot are maybe working for a commission. And so the hustle is there. The hustle is there on both sides. But I do think that, you know, it's it's a grind. It's a hustle. We're trying to get out there and prospect. Whether you're prospecting for a client, you know, you're going to write their insurance with, or you're prospecting to find a good producer to work with. I, I think that there's a hustle on both sides of that. I do think that carrier side uh, gets a lot of gets a bad rap from the agency side because they feel like they control the rates or they control the the company and whatnot. It's not the case, you know. A lot of times that is dictated by something completely different and outside of that. And so, I think that you know the agents that are listening, your carrier reps and the people that, that the underwriters and whatnot, they're doing the best they can to help you. They really and truly do most of the good ones anyway. They want to see you succeed and they want to see you as an agency do well. And on the flip side of that, the carriers that say, oh, these agents don't know what they're doing or they're this or that. I do believe the good agents out there, they want to present, you know, put the best foot forward for their client. They want to try to do the right thing. I think that if we could just get the two sides to be able to communicate properly, I think that would help. And I think that would be a great thing. Now, uh, as far as differences go, I think that at the end of the day, I don't know. It's hard for me to answer that as far as differences, because I wasn't ready for this question. Uh, <laughs> my goodness, you got me on that one. Well, I, I, one of the things I, 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 you talked about the complacency of carrier reps. I, that to me, I, I relish in when people become complacent on our side because it helps me do my job that much easier. Because if they're not out there hustling and trying to get in front of agents and build those relationships, when if, if I go out and do my job the way I'm supposed to, 
it helps me build those relationships. In the day, I mean, we can talk about this. You can say it a million different ways. But this is a relationship business. And if you take care of your clients, which for me are the insurance agents who take care of their clients, which are the insureds who pay all the bills, at the end of the day, we, we all succeed. And I, want, I, I tell every agent I work with, I want you to be as successful as you want to be. Like, so if you want to make a million dollars a year, let me help you try to get there. If you want to make $250,000 a year, let me help you get there. If you want to make 50, let me help you get there. What can I do to help you get your, reach your goals that you've set forth? And all those yeah. are very, are very great goals. It just depends on where you are in your stage of life. So let me see what I can do to get, help you get to where you want to go. Yeah. And I think, okay. So what I will say on both sides, and it's, whether it's difference or similarity, one of the things I talk to carrier reps about, uh, whether it's at NAMIC events or whatever events I've spoken at is you know, to try to provide value in any way that you can. If you're walking in as a carrier rep and you're just sliding numbers across the desk and saying, where's your new business? Or, you know, you're pounding on the desk for this or that. I think you're in the wrong spot. I think you're not, you know, doing your company or yourself any justice. Now, if you can walk in there and provide some sort of value to be able to say, okay, I've done my research and here's what's, you know, going on in your area. or Here's what we can do here. You know, I see that you've written this or that. Here's where we can help you there. I think you're going to be a lot better off. Same thing with agents, you know, providing that value to your customer beyond price. Right now we're in a hard market, as we all know, and it, and it sucks right now. Everybody, well, your agency as well as your competitor agencies, we're all dealing with rate increases. If you can go beyond that, if you can go from a consultative education approach and not, you know, we have the best price and we love customer service. If you can go beyond that, then I think you're going to be in a lot better spot. If you've spent your entire career focused on price and price alone, you're in trouble right now. But, you know, there is hope for you still if you start to focus on value instead of price. All right, got another question here. Another one of your topics that you cover in your speaking engagements is crafting your sales pitch. What can producers do to get better at this? Oh, man, this is one of my favorite topics. Uh, again, I do think it goes back to uh, providing the value. And if you're coming in there and you're just saying, and Hey, I'm Wes Begno and I sell insurance and I want to sell you insurance, buy insurance for me because my insurance is cheap and my insurance is great. I, I think you're, <laughs> you, first of all, you sound like an idiot. Second of all, you know, I don't think that you're showing the value that you offer as a producer. And, and I think, or as an agency owner, as a CSR, whatever your role is within the agent, or, you know, it could be as a carrier rep going back to that question. I think you go in and you have to have, you know, a clear and you have to be concise and you have to be compelling uh, in your sales pitch. And, you know, I think uh, talking about being clear in your sales pitch, it can't be something that, you know, you're using insurance jargon and you're, you're speaking high level and you're, you're saying words that, you know, you looked up in a thesaurus four days ago to try to sound cute. It doesn't work that way. I think you have to be clear in your message and be clear in your thoughts and be able to communicate what you're saying in a way that people can understand. And I think concise, and again, this one's hard for me because my wife says that brevity and I are not friends, but <laughs> in your sales pitch, in your sales pitch, I do think you have to be concise. If you can do it within 30 to 60 seconds, I think you're going to do it a whole lot better as far as your elevator pitch and being able to do that. Then you can expand from there, but just talking about your pitch, so to speak, has to be you know pretty concise there. And then compelling, I think, you know, if you can get beyond that first 30 to 60 seconds, get your, you know, your message out there, whatever it might be. And then maybe be compelling by telling a story, using stats, you know, connecting with them in a way that is beyond just, 
Hey, I'm, I'm Heath Sheeran. I sell insurance. I love insurance. This is my job. I sell insurance. I get paid to sell insurance, buy my insurance. It doesn't work that way. I think it's going to be a better situation if you can say, you know, what you are, who you're, you know, what your value is, you know, make sure that again, that's clear, concise. And then, you know, in that with some sort of stat or a story that connects with your audience, I think you're going to be in a whole lot better spot and you're going to be, again, compelling and in a way that's going to help you to drive more business your way, or at least be able to connect another time for another follow-up visit. Does that make sense? Did I, did yeah. I follow that? Yeah. Did you follow that? It did. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. We like to wrap up the podcast. This is a kind of a new segment for us in our podcast where we kind of just ask rapid fire questions. Just first thing that comes to mind. We want to get to know you oh, on, a, on a personal level. There's no, there's no wrong answer. And if it's, it's really bad, we'll just edit it out. So just, <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is if you can be one person dead or alive for one day, who is it and why? Oh my gosh. I mean, this is terrible. My first answer the kind of top of my head is like Bradley Cooper, just to be as, as hot as he is for one day and to be that good looking. I don't know. I just think it'd be awesome. And I know that sounds really vain and a stupid question, but you said first thing that come to my head. So no, I know. And I, I love know. it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that answer. I mean, mine would be Are something so talented. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I have a bro crush on Bradley Cooper. I'm not gonna lie. There is <laughs> nothing wrong with having a bro crush on Bradley Cooper. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> have you said like you want to be him from like uh the movie from Vegas, what was it called? The Hangover. The Hangover, be that. That would be actually hilarious. I'll be Zach Galifianakis or whatever his name is in that one then with you that day. Right? Yeah. We'd have a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it's funny. Yeah, dude. That or like Justin Timberlake. Again, like a five-tool player. The dude's good looking. He can sing. He can act. He's an athlete. Dude, he's just, I don't know. Yeah. Just somebody like that. Just for a day, just feel like yeah. be the opposite of who I am. <laughs> actually <laughs> be talented and good looking. Wow. <laughs> one day. One day, bro. One, awesome. That's it. Next one. Last meal you ever get to eat. What is it? Oh, I mean, they're going to have to go with, and this is going to sound weird coming from someone who likes to cook and bake and smoke meat. Last meal is going to be breakfast. Like a big fat omelet, you know, with every, every meat I can think of put in there. Uh, The sausage, the bacon, the, I don't know, chorizo, the whole night. I would love a good omelet, you know, some bacon, some hash browns, some good old grit, just, did you I say want some grits too. Eggs. Man, you what? and my son, he loves grits as well. Dude, I love grits with or without cheese. I just love some grits though. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, from the south, baby. That's why well, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. It's good. It's good stuff. We want to know what your favorite hobby is outside of work and nothing that you mentioned because you taught you said you like to smoke meats and that that can't be a hobby. It's got to be something else that we haven't learned about you. Let's see here. My wife and I talk about this. She goes, you need a hobby. Uh, I'm usually bugging the crap out of her. And so she's like, go find something. Go find a hobby. I don't know, man. I mean, I guess I, I love to play poker. Does that count? No, that's great. Um, is that a hobby? That is a hobby. I get the boys together. You know, we play some poker. That's a lot we of fun. Texas Hold'em from time to time. Maybe a little Old Maid mixed in there sometimes. Some uh, go fish. <laughs> we play a lot of dominoes <laughs> in our house. We play a game called 42. <laughs> And when we're done, we put the dominoes down there, but it gets seven and whoever has the double zero, that's considered the old maid. Cause we try to put them in order from six, six down to zero, zero. And you have to draw right. if you don't have it. It's, all, <laughs> we, it, it's, it's our funnest. That's the most fun game we play all day. Cause it's so competitive in our family. Oh dude, for sure. Dude. I, I'll tell you another one, Uno or Skipmo. Both oh. of those can get really competitive in our house, our household too. Uno can cause some fights in our house. All right, Heath, last one. What is a place you've not been to before and you want to go? 
Okay, I'm going to be really boring on this one too, but as far as United States goes, I've never been to like like Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I would love to go there. I've never been across the pond, so obviously if I was going to say like to go somewhere, if I wanted to sound like world traveler cool or whatever, I might say like London or something like that. But really and truly, it just comes down to I want to go somewhere cool like Jackson Hole, Wyoming to me. I don't know. That's what first came to my mind as far as rapid fire goes. That's a good one. That's a good one. I haven't been to Jackson Hole. I, Park City it's looks so really cool. Looking. Yeah, I was, I was in Park it City. It looks beautiful. Yeah, I was there in the summertime. I, I can't imagine what it's like in the wintertime when people could go snow skiing, but it was it looked awesome. Yeah, dude. My parents went not too long ago, and I saw the pictures. I was like, holy smokes, it looks beautiful. That's awesome. Well, we want to say thank you for being on here with us, and we just appreciate you carving out some time to be on our podcast. We want to tell everybody thank you for listening to the Young Agent Show. Please share this podcast with those you work with and a list of upcoming events are available on our website, bigiok.com slash young agents, or you can go to our Facebook page and our Instagram page and follow along to keep up to date. Thanks for being with us on the young agent show. 